Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. My guests today are the Happy Camper Wives. Before we get to them, I want to tell you about the website, which is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there and check out uh, photos of our guests. You can check out um, their stories, links to all their social media. You can see uh, stories that I've written, stories that uh, other people have written. But uh, when we talk about social media, you can find links to Instagram, our Instagram is Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. We are Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. And on Facebook, you can find us at Travel Tales Podcast as well. There's also a way to write me, which is Travel Tales Podcast at gmail.com. That's Travel Tales Podcast at gmail.com. Also, you will find at TravelTalesPodcast.com links to Stitcher Radio, where you can subscribe to this show. For free, of course, and iTunes, where you can subscribe for free. And as I ask always, please, if you subscribe on iTunes, maybe give us a good rating, write a few nice things. That's always a cool thing because that boosts our presence and helps more people find us, and that builds a show. And while you're at it, tell a few million of your friends. For three weeks in July, I was on the Holland American Nordam performing stand up comedy. And just going up and down the Alaskan coast from Seward, just south of Anchorage, down to Vancouver, and back up again, and then back down again. And while I was on the ship, I happened to notice while checking my Instagram that the Happy Camper Wives, who I follow, were in Seward. And we were going to be in Seward on July 23rd. And I said, hey, how about we record an episode, and you can come on board and enjoy a nice buffet lunch on the cruise ship, and uh, we'll record it in my room. And we did that. I got to meet them. They're very lovely. It's uh, Valerie and Jesse, and they have a great story. They did what a lot of people dream of doing as they're sitting in traffic and sitting at their cubicles and whatnot, of just getting rid of everything, uh, buying a camper, and taking off on the road. They took their two dogs, and the two of them uh, hit the road. They were in San Francisco, and they've been all the way over to the East Coast, all the way back down to Florida, up along the uh, East Coast into uh, Maine, and then across Canada and uh, to the national parks out West. And they found themselves up in Seward, Alaska, where I got to meet them. And we had a nice afternoon. We did the recording. We had some lunch. And then they showed me around Seward, which is a cute little town, about an hour and a half south of Anchorage. And they are just digging, uh, having a small town, peaceful life. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit jealous. So if you're thinking about one day chucking it all and hitting the road, draw some inspiration from the Happy Camper Wives as we talk about what motivated them, the pluses, the minuses, how they're maintaining their lifestyle, and the ins and outs of a life on the road. Please enjoy my conversation with the Happy Camper Wives. Jesse and Valerie, uh, the Happy Camper Wives. Hey, hi. 
What are the odds that I'm going to be in Seward, Alaska, and then I find out online that you guys are going to be here too? Well, thank you for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're really excited to be here. Yeah, this is great. Um, say your names so people know which voice is whose. Hey, I'm Jesse. And I'm Valerie. Happy Camper Wives. Now, we're going to get to why you're in Seward later, but what made you start the website and when did you start it? So about a year and a half ago, we realized that our uh, life, we live in San Francisco and we're working corporate jobs. And while our careers were going well, we also realized that the, the rat race and the daily grind and coming home and commuting, we wouldn't get home till 7.30, you know, 8. You only have time to sort of stuff some food in your mouth and watch other people have adventures on TV uh, while you go to sleep at night. So we realized we wanted to be those people having those adventures, and we decided to leave San Francisco. And first we came up to Alaska, and while we were here last summer, we uh, decided to do Happy Camper Wives, and we decided to move into a 15-foot teardrop camper and travel the entire United States uh, for the last uh, year doing that. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. 15-foot. Two people in 15 feet. How long have you two known each other? And uh, this is a test of any relationship. So how's it been going so far? So we've been together for six years, married for two, and we also have two dogs in there. <laughs> oh, this is tight. Okay. <laughs> um, how we make it work. So uh, communication, yeah. <laughs> whole lot of talking. Um, also, Jesse works in the teardrop while I work on the blog in a coffee shop most of the day. So we're not actually together. Uh, Monday through Friday, and then we work on the blog um, or go hiking or go exploring and taking photos on the weekends. So it's actually it's similar to what you would do any other time um, in just making sure that you have alone time is right. important. <laughs> well, I'm going to say the question that probably most people ask you and that are going to be wondering about, how can you afford to do this and how much planning did you put in before you left? So I actually got really lucky because... I, I can actually, I'm a web designer, so I can do it from anywhere. And I still fly back to San Francisco every so often to check in with the company and, um, you know, get some FaceTime in. So luckily, I happened to be in a profession that had enough momentum in the career that I could keep working uh, remotely when we decided right. to change our lifestyle around. So that's that funds us. And then we we really, it was a sporadic thing. We kind of took a leap. It was It was kind of a spontaneous you can probably tell the story better where, where you had the the idea from last year. Oh, man. So last summer, I was scrubbing toilets in Alaska. That was, I was cleaning house. Humble brag. Yes, I was, I was, but I really was. I was scrubbing a toilet and I had this moment where I was like, why don't we go travel the United States and live in a camper? And I told Jesse and then she was like, there's no way. Zero chance. I, we never had been in an RV. We'd never been to an RV park. We had never towed a vehicle, like towed a trailer before ever. And um, somehow we found tabs and we found one in Arizona and we bought it sight unseen from Alaska. And so talk about trusting the universe in this process. Um, and also we, we had a Mini Cooper in San Francisco that was going to tow it. And we found out last minute that um, it didn't. The The muffler was actually in the center of of the car. So we had to buy a truck right away. We didn't have much money and we, we just made it happen. And here we are a year later. Why did you choose a, uh, a camper other rather than like, say, an RV or something like that? So we had a we had a car we were trying to pare down the objects that we own, and so we were trying to get rid of all of the things we owned and just have one car. Uh, we had 
so we had a Mini Cooper, and we're like, what can a Mini Cooper tow? And we had a... Maybe a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, right. So luckily, we found out that it, we thought it could tow a 2,000-pound, and so we had to find a camper under 2,000 pounds, and there's only a few out there on the market that can do that. And so ironically, we found a very, very small camper, and um, and the reason why I picked the one we did is because it did have a kitchenette, it did have a bathroom in it, uh, and then it had a living space that converted into a very comfortable bed. So we kind of had everything we needed, just on a very, very small scale. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> did, did did it require any kind of like uh, remodeling or anything? Did you have to fix it up before you left? No, I mean we added a spice rack, and that's pretty. Much- <laughs> oh wow! Okay, yeah, we could it handle the weight? I mean, of the spice rack. We had big plans. We're like, oh, we could paint it, but the, the couple that had had it before us uh, took really nice care of it. So really, there was nothing much to do, and uh, we ended up. My sister ended up helping us sew some slip covers for the the. Yeah. The couches, and it was great because it kind of had our own little flair to it. But other than that, we tried and we got some succulents. Well, actually, we got some succulents and they died. So then we got some fake succulents, which looked just <laughs> as good. Uh, but not as delicious. No. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, what made you do uh, a driving excursion rather than, like, say, international around the world? Because I've talked to other people that left their jobs and they're all over, like in Thailand and stuff like that. What made you want to do camper rather than, like, backpacking or something? So this is actually really hard to convince Jesse of. She was like, why would we travel in the United States? We live here. like, And I'm like, no, there's so much to explore in your own backyard. And the U.S. is huge. I mean, there's so many national parks to see and hiking, everything, cities we had never been to. And I was like, why don't we start in the U.S.? And then we can see if we can manage to make this go abroad. And the hardest thing is Internet, right? And also timing. She works on California time. So if you are in wherever you are in the world, you have to still work on those those time frame so um we were pleasantly surprised with how magnificent this country is what date did you start when when was that uh september 15th yes yeah, so we, we bought the alaska. camper i think october 1 but we um, left alaska september 15th right yeah. so we we've been we road tripped originally from san francisco up to alaska then back down to uh san francisco back through the rockies and everything so we had sort of some road trips under our belt by the time we actually picked up the camper. Mm-hmm. Picked up the camper in Arizona, did the Southern Rockies back up to San Francisco, purged the rest of the belongings that we had, just got rid of it all, uh, and then traveled along the southern border, Texas, Oklahoma. No, not Oklahoma. Texas, <laughs> Louisiana, Florida. Uh, and then we went back up the, the East Coast. So we ended up in Maine. Um, and then we booked it from Maine back up to Alaska through Canada. So it was a really, really exciting trip. It took about nine months. And, you know, one thing that, that working lends itself to is that we wanted to always be stable during the nine to five for the the work day. So our constraints there kind of inspired the creativity to, okay, let's camp for someplace at least a week, travel on the weekends. Most of the time we took two weeks in really cool places like Zion National Park. And um, so we kind of sort of paced out our, our, our destinations, which was whatever we could get to in an afternoon uh, between stops and someplace we wanted to stay that was usually picked places that had amazing natural beauty and also Internet. So there's some places that we didn't go to, like central Colorado, that seemed a little out of reach from an Internet standpoint. Uh, but we just had an amazing time seeing different slices of American life. So you're basically following the good weather, which makes sense. When you travel around like that, I know you have to work uh, on your own. It's with the you need Wi-Fi. Did you turn the camper into like a hotspot and that kind of thing? So we had a Verizon hotspot, uh, and we would also try to use the campground 
Wi-Fi as long as we could because eventually they would throttle here. <laughs> but then when uh, Verizon went unlimited, our bill was like ridiculous for the first three or four months. Then they went unlimited and it was all over. We were doing like 100 gigs <laughs> a month. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it, it worked out really well with that as long as you're in the uh, cell service. Any mechanical issues, uh, whether with the truck or the camper? There were a few instances when we first got this truck. We literally saw for maybe five minutes and said, we'll take it because we had 24 hours. So right That's how you want to shop for a, a vehicle. You want to take five minutes and uh, barely look it over. Just right. good, we okay. in Arizona the next day to yeah, pick up our camper, yeah. and we needed to buy a truck that yeah. day to get there. It was a disaster. We were just a mess. But how it, old is this truck? It's 2001, and it had 121,000 miles on it. Okay. Um, and we were planning on going, of course, across the entire country with it. So when we first got the truck, when we had it at night, we realized that the lights on the inside did not work. So we didn't know our speed limit. So then we would flash our car, our, like, our phone into the, like, <laughs> in the middle to make sure that we were going the right speed. And then um, the check engine light came on about one month in and we were like, we're screwed. Like, there's no way we can get around this. And it turns out it was like a $400 fix and the car has worked fine ever since. And it was just a fuse that was missing. And yeah. then we took it in. They were like, oh, yeah, just push this in a little bit. So we more. have lights we now. Have lights, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Valerie was sort of in charge of all the logistics. Um, and you were really good about getting the oil changes in. And we we decided to pick um, a Toyota because we knew that they were really good as, as older cars. So we did get really lucky in terms of it was cheap to have fixes. You know, it's really easy to find fixes there. And, um and you're really diligent. Probably the worst thing that happened was we are driving across the Yukon. We're in the so I don't know if you know much about the Yukon. There's one highway basically that goes from British Columbia uh, to Alaska, and it's just one road through the Yukon. I think I did this one. Well, we we pulled into Skagway, and then we drove to Whitehorse. Yeah. So is that the same road? Yes. Yeah. If you keep going on Whitehorse to Alaska, there's a few hundred miles or a few, almost a day's drive or two days drive, just one road in the middle of nowhere. And, and there's a number of times where you're just, there's no, there's, there's nowhere to stay for two or three hours. There's nowhere to stop. So, uh, we, we did at that point get a flat on the truck. Uh, and the last, it was the last, the last two days of the entire, you know, year's journey. And, um, and we figured out how to, climb under the truck in the middle of the Yukon. You were wearing a sundress and um and we realized Perfect that we did Yukon wear. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Everybody else is in overcoat and Valerie's in a sundress. That's how she rolls. Um so yeah, we're climbing under this truck on this dirt road basically and and the great thing is about being in Alaska and the Yukon and up north is that people really have a can-do attitude and people really respect. I think there's a lot of strong, confident, like outdoors women up here. And so when people drive by and they're like, hey, are you OK? And we say, yeah, we're fine. They're like, OK, you got it. You and know, they left us there and they left in the us middle there. of the Yukon. No. <laughs> Which we, at first we were like, this is actually we find respectful um, because, you know, we got this. And then we realized we didn't know how to actually take the spare tire out from our truck and and some people came back it was it was it was an adventure and we had a fun time with it but uh <laughs> i mean as a same-sex couple traveling i wanted to might as well get into this i mean do you find it's not like you're going to muslim countries or anything like that, but do you find a little uh, prejudice or do you have to like are you self-conscious in certain parts that you've been to yeah, of course. I mean, it was something coming from San Francisco, which is our safe harbor, yeah, right? right. Um, you know, we that's that's why we picked San Francisco. That's where we met. It was San Francisco. And going through places like Utah, the Yukon, wherever, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't – you have to kind of understand culturally what is acceptable. And 
as a couple, we decided that we were not always going to hold hands in public because I'm from Michigan and Jesse comes from a conservative part of California. And it, it just wasn't safe all the time for us. It didn't feel comfortable to do that. Other people could choose to, and that's that's great for them. And we totally, of course, um, want people to live their authentic selves and their authentic lives. But for us, um, we were really hesitant and we were really nervous going through Texas. We were in Texas for a month and we're like, well, what the? And the, the craziest thing during this trip for us, we're obviously two white, like very feminine lesbian females like we we present as straight like we can come across as jesse's rolling her eyes right pass as <laughs> yes. we yeah. can we can pass as straight if we need to so that i think but obviously we're two women living in a very small space people right. can kind of understand <laughs> some people will be like are you sisters but like yeah. no and we'll leave it at that and then they get real confused and <laughs> so when are your boyfriends joining you on this trip well at one point um someone was on our web <laughs> our website and they're like don't you think it's a little sexist not leaving like leaving your husband's out of the mix like happy camper wives happy camper wives where are the husbands that were like oh we're a lesbian couple (laughs) that was was a funny one but um yeah you know but what i was trying to get to is it's been wonderful we have only found respectful loving very open-armed humans anyone that we talked to we were even people we were nervous to say like we're a couple we, we met this this couple from um in Maine they were from Texas and we were really nervous about just saying like oh we're a couple too they we had the deepest longest conversation with these individuals that like was life changing i mean we, we can't even describe the love the so much love and um respect that we've felt on this journey and just kindness yeah. i think we exude a lot of kindness and we've been given a lot of kindness in exchange and so again we have a very specific uh, look and everything that I think enables that in one part, but also human kindness is everywhere. And that's that's what we've been trying to share with our readers. How about regular fear as just a woman? You know, I've, I've you know, that's there's dangers of any woman when they're traveling by ourselves. I mean, I mean have you run into any kind of fear like in creepy dudes or anything like that? I've been trying to be cautious. Uh, that's why we, we sort of err on the side of caution. Uh, and as Valerie said, we've over and over again been surprised at the the kindness and welcomeness that we've experienced across the United States. Um, you know, there's a few times where we we you would make friends with somebody in the uh, campground, and sometimes, most of the times, 99% of the time, if we make some friends with someone, we just have this really lovely connection. And then a the few times there's been one of those times where you're like, oh, hey, and they, they like come creeping past your camper a little too often, and that, that kind of gives you a weird vibe. But, you know, I think we're kind of good at following our intuition and if something gives us kind of a weird vibe we just sort of are more cautious in those situations and when we feel like you know the the energy is good then then we'll take some more risks in terms of being open and stuff we also carry bear spray which has a 30 (laughs) foot radius so that's that's some killer pepper spray right there let's talk about that let's talk about uh wildlife encounters i mean there's a lot of it up here so we saw a bear on that on that drive to uh, Whitehorse. I mean, they're just like, I, I got closer to a bear than I ever have in my life. We just pulled off the side of the road. He's just sitting there eating flowers. I posted a video of it, actually. Um, have anybody, any uh, animals wandered into your campsites or anything like that? I think that was one of the inspirations to get a teardrop because a teardrop is hard sided and it's also good for weather. So 
for years, Valerie's been trying to convince me to live in a pop-up camper. Uh, and I'm like, first of all, I don't like the cold and I don't like getting attacked by bears. So um, let's, you know, it's kind of nice to have your whole thing right there. So we've seen a lot of amazing wildlife, particularly driving through British Columbia, the way they ha- they, they trim their roads. There's a lot of wildlife you can see. Um, but we haven't had any negative encounters. One one time a bird almost threw in the, flew in the window, but the dog like chased it back out. So that was, that was the closest closest thing we've had but nothing i mean yeah. really truly like buffalo nothing has come even so closer it's got into our dog food at one point yeah <laughs> it, it doesn't really very, count yeah, yeah. Minor, very very minor yeah. well uh, you have two dogs how, how big are these dogs and how well have they taken to traveling they actually really like it so they're small dogs one's a small border collie so uh, and another's a terrier and they actually like the small space. It, they've adopted the camper as their crate. Um, and so they've actually been really respectful in terms of never going in the camper. And also, since I'm around all day, they actually really like just hanging out with me um, while I work. And they get walks in the evenings. And, you know, so it's actually quite nice because we, we're around them a lot more than when we we're working long days. Um, and they also love to hike. And well, and we have a boy dog. His whole mission is to pee on everything in the entire United States. So his. Like, what are you saying? What are you, uh, I don't like the implication. <laughs> but his like life goal has been accomplished. So <laughs> <laughs> the um, a lot of people. I mean, I've talked to many on this show, and a lot of people will say and dream of doing what you're doing. You know, especially when they're sitting in traffic and going to work and sitting at their cubicle. Give me the hardest parts about getting rid of everything and you did you you lost your lease you got rid of your apartment and everything right i went through a purge this year and it, it feels great doesn't it yeah we did it in stages so first we you know we we downsized to a small storage container that we thought we could never live without these objects you know whatever was meaningful we fit into this little closet and headed up to alaska and then we realized after four months that we didn't need all that stuff and we decided you know we were off to get this camper and we actually didn't have time to go back to that locker and clean it out so we actually by the time we got back to it it had been six seven months between the time we thought we couldn't live without any of these things and we realized we could so that was really interesting and then the second piece of how we downsized was you know, there's some objects or a table or, a, you know, an appliance or something that we really had was meaning for us. But we found people in our lives that, like, we knew it could add value to their lives. So it was actually much easier to get rid of some meaningful things if we gave it to somebody that we loved. So there was sort of that level of realizing, A, we don't need to live with this. If you live it without it, it's easier to get rid of it later. And then B, learning how to let go of things and know that they, they served a purpose in our lives and they were maybe meaningful to us, but also that we could give them on and have them have new life in somebody else's world. Aside from your friends, uh, what about San Francisco do you miss? Is, it, is there one particular coffee shop or restaurant or something about your neighborhood that you miss? Oh, the food is incredible. San Francisco. <laughs> oh, man. We, we only eat fish. We're pescatarians. So, oh, yeah. oh gosh. I do miss the food. And the humans. I mean, we had a great community out there that, you know, they were just quirky folk that kind of resembled us in a lot of ways, I think. And then... Um, but the one thing I definitely don't miss is the traffic. I mean, to get uh, – I worked in downtown San Francisco, and to go four blocks, it would take 45 minutes in the evening. So it, it, it could take an hour and a half easily to get, you know, 10 miles home. And it was just insane. It, it just it, – it's not a – it's not a lifestyle right. by any means. We realized so. three hours a day were spent in the car commuting. And – um, the places we could live were an, over an hour away from the places that we could work. And, you know, it's just the equation. We realized we did the numbers and we realized even if we didn't keep a job in San Francisco, we could um, make things work living off a lot less and a lot 
having a lot more time and a lot less stress. And I think that that was the biggest discovery is that, you know, the, the, one of the missions of Happy Camper Wise was kind of, yes, we want to see national parks, we want to see the world, but it's also, what does it mean to be happy? And like, what is happy? What's the ingredients for happiness? Um, we can spend a lot of time looking at our careers and what success looks like, but what does it mean to be happy? And so I think one of the things that we found is the minimalism aspect is really, really nice. Uh, we don't, the, the more objects in our lives, the, you know, more complicated, more clutter, the more overwhelming it is. And then also taking out the stress. So having uh, less worries financially, um, less pressure, uh, and then also the time element. I think that having more time for each other and even just time to relax or time to read or work on the blog, like it's just nice to have more time that's not spent um, sitting in traffic. So I think that those are sort of three levels. And and there's a lot of communication that goes on, you know, in terms of like there's a lot of road trip time or just time together that gives us a Self, I think it's a journey of like self-awareness, you know, so there's a lot of things that, that come with that in terms of personal growth. Have you broken it up into uh, different, I'd say, jobs on the, on, the, on the trip? I mean, is one person like the navigator, one person a driver, one person a, a cook? How do you break it up? Yeah, well, because Jesse works a full-time job, I kind of take on the rest of it. And so I, I drive. So I drove the entire from Maine to Alaska 100 hours in, what, Whoa. two weeks? Um, it was insane. It was really – we were really tired after that one. Um, so I drive, and then I cook most of the meals. Once in a while, Jesse will – or no, not once in a while. She does some meals. She Jesse does the coffee. You know, we have our little tests. But then I take care of all the logistics and the bills and because it, it's fair. I'm not working a full-time job. I mean, the blog does take up a lot of my time, but – um, because it's not financially supporting us, it definitely takes a, a backseat compared to um, working full time. Which yeah. gets kind of back to the whole, you know, there's a two income model in, you know, modern America that almost it requires to have two incomes just to make things meet, you know. And I think that, that the fact that we have the time and the balance where I can work eight hours a day and then there's a, the rest of the day is up to us to have fun or adventure and you're taking care of the logistics and a lot of the home planning and the fact that we have that balance is really, really nice because it's so much less stressful for both of us because a lot of times you would be doing a lot of that stuff, uh, Valerie would be doing a lot of that stuff and, while we're working full time, you know, and, and, and so I think it's that having that balance has been really, really refreshing and kind of taking a step back in time in terms of not being as stressed out helps with that. And the thing is, we don't live luxuriously. You know, we live in a teardrop. I mean, this is not like, you know, we're living in the Taj Mahal. And we're, it's you don't just, have Will Smith's trailer from his uh, movies? You know, but the thing is, is the point is living with less costs less. And that means you have to work less. And that means, I mean, the equation goes on and on, which to us has really resulted in a lot more happiness and a lot better like our relationship is so much better than it once was i mean we've fallen back in love in a way that you know after six years you, you kind of go ebb and flow but we are back in love in a way that we haven't experienced you know so yeah so it's uh, you actually did get the official marriage right i saw in your your uh blog that you were in hawaii i guess yeah. and it was like what right before it became legal yeah. did you time that on purpose or it was an accident it's already no, legal in hawaii yeah, so right. um that was like one of the only places right yeah. no i mean there was a few i think there was 10 states maybe yeah. maybe 15 at the time but we uh got married on june 27th and the day before june 26 2015 it passed and all the lesbians like all huddled together and we all cried <laughs> and we it was just like this moment but of course you can't plan a destination wedding <laughs> around, <laughs> around courts you know but it just and then we woke up um that morning we woke up to a rainbow that was 
phenomenal. It was over the entire valley of Maui. And I mean, it was just such a magical, magical moment to um, know that we, anyone in the United States could legally marry. Sure, we could have done it in Hawaii legally, but that it was it was allowed. Was there a checklist before you guys left to say we want to hit, I don't know, all 50 states or something like that? Or were there certain national parks or something? Or are you just like kind of doing this on the fly? The entire trip uh, last August. So we got all the reservations, we got all the maps, we picked all our favorite national parks in our bucket list. So we did definitely pick places that we had heard of or sort of things we wanted to see at some point. So we had been more familiar with the Rockies. We spent a lot more time there and there's places that we hadn't seen. So there's certainly things that we had picked ahead of time. And yeah, it was kind of, we followed the weather and we find good campsites that had good reviews and places that we wanted to see and visit. And it's been a good adventure. Okay, now I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me your top three highlights. You can, each of you. Oh, boy. Top three highlights. Glacier National Park. Fun. Oh, just gorgeous. I mean, it's it has a beauty that it, it just, I don't know. It's very unique. It's very special. Um, I really like nature. So I also really enjoyed Zion National Park was incredible. We stayed about 30 minutes outside of the park, but we were in it all day, every day. And just the oranges and the gorgeousness. Um, And then my favorite city so far, I think, oh my goodness, um, St. Petersburg, Florida is incredible. Of all the towns, I didn't think you would pick St. Petersburg. I know. It's a lot of old folks. No, it's actually St. Petersburg is like the the Austin of... of, of, St. Pete? Florida. Yeah, there's some really... Yes, I've been. That's why I'm amazed you're saying this. You know, we had some friends in other towns, and we kind of found that in terms of the older populations, like more in our experience in Sarasota and some other really lovely places. But St. Pete, you know, we had the... The hipster haircuts and the tattoos and the lots of gays and there's some cool historic districts and amazing food. So, you know, in terms of like picking, like if there was a small city we'd see ourselves living in at some point, like that could be a place. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think there's other things like um, uh, obviously New Orleans is oh, yeah. we we swung by twice and the Talk food. Oh, oh my gosh! I think like we 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 love to eat, um, and you that's... gained ten pounds in a weekend in New Orleans. Oh, yeah, Easy. yeah, we've done it multiple times actually. Um, every weekend you go, you just gain ten pounds. Uh, so I think that the food aspect, you know, sometimes we'll we'll live lean so that we can splurge on some nice meals now and then. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was cool. There were some surprises actually in Texas. We ended up finding a place that was in the sort of hill country between uh, Austin and San Antonio. And we had seen Austin, we'd seen San Antonio, but we wanted to live in the woods. And we were surprised. Like That was a place we had picked because we wanted to save money for a month and they had a good monthly price. And we actually were pleasantly surprised. It was a place that we hadn't been looking forward to and we actually really enjoyed the experience. So in terms of places that we had were kind of surprises and that... Or that was one of them. Yeah, it was Green, Texas. G R U E N E. And yeah. then Colorado. You know, I think that we. It's not a surprise that we like Colorado, but I think that when we got there, it was very. Uh, it was you know, there's lots of hiking trails and the lifestyle, and so it was a good weather. We were there in October, and it was amazing weather. So I think there's sort of highlights in terms of little towns that we were staying in a little town outside of Colorado Springs, and it was Man- called Manitou Springs, and it was just lovely, you know. Um, and I noticed you're wearing a Banff shirt, which I'm yeah. a big fan of uh, Banff. <laughs> That's a beautiful place. I mean, did you stay? Did you stay there for a while? 
just for the day because again oh. we were doing that hundred hour uh, road oh. trip and it was Jesse's birthday so we had powered through like a sixteen hour day driving the day before and you know fifteen hours the day before that it was insane and then um, so we just spent one day in Banff and then drove up through Jasper the next day um, yeah it was... have there been now well I will do the flip side of it were there any places that you went that were just kind of like um, we could have skipped this place. <laughs> Now, You're already editing yourselves. I can, I can already tell. You don't have to be too specific, but, I mean, any bad experiences? Or not bad, but just like, uh, this was not what we thought it would be. There were a lot of snakes in oh. South Carolina. So we stayed on on this, in James Island, right outside of Charleston. And a lot of great reputation around Charleston. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful park. We're like, this is so amazing. And then we discovered it was water moccasin season. Ooh. And there was a pond right next to our campsite. And every morning we'd wake up and we could count like at least 10 moccasins, like, or snakes in the oh little pond next to our website, yeah. between, or like our campsite between us and the bathroom. So that's true. It's like, you know what? I'll hold it. Yeah. 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 And, and then, then we got I'm some good. spiders. Oh my gosh. So the, I hate spiders. I hate spiders. And there are these yellow spiders that would come out at night in our camper. And so of course they're crawling up out of our bed because that's where we the entire camper is the bed. So there'd be multiple. We're talking three, four, five at a time would be crawl- and then they're fast, so you can't kill them. Like they just jump back and crawl back under your bed. We did that for three days and I so so yeah, Charleston was gorgeous. The park was beautiful, but the bugs and the snakes, the spider oh <laughs> so bad. That was really bad. California spoils you with that. It's like you're like, oh well, these there's no mosquitoes or anything like that and you're like, Oh yeah, I remember this. Humidity, swamps and then you go down to Florida and South Carolina, places like that. So if you've been up here in the Pacific Northwest, a lot of bugs up here in Alaska, too, a lot of mosquitoes, um, and you only eat fish, be honest with me. How tired of you? How tired of salmon are you? Come on. Get, I mean, I've only been on this ship for like two weeks, and I'm already kind of salmoned out. So have you found a new way to cook it, repair it? Just... Valerie's a really, really good cook. Um, and oh, so... I, you know, it never gets old. And there's a lot of, we're learning from the Alaskans different ways of canning it and smoking it. And there's so many different ways of doing salmon that it's really, um, there's a lot of great ways. It's a versatile fish. And we are very excited to be fishing a lot right now and trying to, um, you fish on your own. Are you, have you do a lot on the boats? Do you shore fishing? We just did a video on how to snag fish in Alaska and we eat salmon literally every day, every single day. Um, and you know, I bet the ones you catch. Yeah, yeah, we oh. eat all that. We, we don't buy it. it. We catch it all ourselves. Yeah. How good are you with the cleaning and the Great. everything? Oh, I'm terrible with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it takes a few. You, yeah, you know, yeah. People teach you here, though. That's the thing. Is like you ask a question. Next thing you know, you'll spend the next three hours with this human as they teach you how to do it. So, um, and they'll drive you there themselves, and then they'll give you half of their fish. And yeah, that's what we love about the community here is that. People are so generous with their time, generous with their resources. I mean, people don't have always have that much money, but they do have like things that are useful, like food and time. And yeah, I've noticed like bartering is very big yeah. up here. It's like I'll trade you uh, three cans of salmon for you know something else. And it's uh, yeah, it's very kind of community oriented and stuff. Are, are most of the people like in Seward? Uh, how long have you been in Seward? Uh, in three weeks, yeah. four weeks. Do you find that most of the people are from here, or is there a lot of people that are like up for just the summer, or what? So, so Seward has a, a few different types of economy. So tourism is definitely a certain aspect of that, um, and so 
yeah, the cruise ship doubles the size of the population of the town. Um, and then in terms of the pop- people that we know in the community, there's probably a range of people who were born in Alaska and also have moved up. Uh, we, we find in Alaska most of the people either come from the Midwest, so the north border, or the west west coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people from California, Oregon, Washington. And a lot of people are from other places, but once they come, they don't leave. So they come for a weekend, they come for a week, they come for whatever, and then they're here for the next 20 years. So not many people uh, from Seward. Uh, but a lot of people have been here for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> they fall in love with the place. Right, yeah. right. So if you have uh, on what's left on your bucket list, where, where are you really looking forward to going soon? So I think one of the things next is, is figuring out how to travel abroad internationally. Um, there's so many things that we realized in the U.S. that we didn't have as much time to see as we could have. So there's definitely so many layers to do and and. and and peel back more layers in the U.S., but I think we definitely there's a whole wide world out there we'd love to see. And we're going to Spain in September. So we're oh, right. Really? I'm going to be in Europe in September. Where are you thinking of going? Uh, well, we're going to be in Mallorca for the... Um, I was just there last summer. Yeah. Gorgeous. Oh, so we'll be there for a week, and then we're... At the LL go- Lesbian Festival. At the LL Lesbian Festival. I was not at that one, but uh, I was there in... It should be a good party. Uh, yeah, it should be... <laughs> You'll love it. It's really cool. It's a really cool island. It's a really cool island. You can rent a car and just go anywhere. It's really drivable and it's nice. Yeah, and we have a tent that we're staying at. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. And then we're um, road tripping the next two weeks through probably the coastal part of Spain. And then we have plans to like maybe do a year in Europe or maybe do a year and uh, just around. I mean, maybe South America. We want to do Mexico. We have. We really want a road trip and camp uh, around the world. And we would love to do New Zealand in December. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Anybody with uh, foreign language skills? Any of you? I know a little bit of Spanish and a few other things, but you know, I think you kind of have to be more immersed in something to become really good at it. I uh, taught English in Korea for two years, so I can speak with my hands really well. I I can sign. I can like mimic a motion. I, expert. I'm really good charades. at it. It's, yeah, it's international charades. language. Yeah, it's international <laughs> language. That so you were in Korea for two years. Oh my God! How was that? That must, that sounds pretty incredible. Which part, like Seoul or outside of it? Uh, about an hour outside of, is Wijambu. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, do you know Wijambu? No, uh, I was in Seoul, but I, I know I've heard of it. Yeah. Wijambu, mostly through Mash. I think. Yep, exactly. Now I was an English teacher there. Okay. So, yeah. That seems like an incredible experience. I love the food. Oh my God, it's so good. But for someone, did you eat meat then at least? No. Oh, that's tougher then because yeah. they, they cook the hell out of some meat. Yeah. They, they love it. And it smells delicious oh. each and every – it's been 10 years and it still smells good. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I kind of live near Koreatown in, in L.A., so yeah. I, just, I could just smell it yeah. just wafting over. I could, oh, I could eat it all the time. Um, so, I mean, how long – is there a plan that you want to do this? Did you, did you look at it and go, we can do this for five years or we could do this for – however long or it's open-ended or do you see a point where you just want to kind of like settle down in one place again if ever maybe I think <laughs> you make plans well we spend a lot of time road tripping together so every one of the biggest pastimes is dreaming and scheming we call it and we we plan out a version of our future life and we figure out the logistics of how to do it and we kind of just go through all the details and imagine what that could look like and so at this point there's a lot of versions of that future that could look in a lot of different ways and i think no matter what we've we want to take pieces of our life that we've discovered and pull that into the future so the idea of not being encumbered by stuff the idea of having enough time 
time to enjoy each other's company. Um, the idea of seeing the world and seeing different perspectives and seeing different slices of life is important to us, and we want to carry that on. And where that happens and where that road takes us is definitely up for the adventure. Like, you know, this time last summer we had a plan, and then we changed it, and we decided to get a camper. And we sort of – sometimes the best decisions happen quickly because you kind of are f- – you you play with a lot of different scenarios and then you find the answer or you find one answer and you're like yes and it's part of like a river and you just have to like jump in the river and and go down the rapids and experience that and so yes we have lots of plans and we'll see which one comes together <laughs> what do your families think of uh this whole plan of yours did they say anything were they worried about you your parents or anything like that Ah, they're so used to us by now. Come on. <laughs> they're just like... I'm sure they worry. <laughs> yeah, I think they... Or are they jealous secretly? Yeah. Well, my mom's buying a camper now. <laughs> yeah, and she's planning on road tripping. So yeah, a little bit maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think people weren't super surprised because they have a hard time keeping track of what crazy thing we're trying, you know, this week. But, um, you know, I had a gram- I have a grandmother who was like, I loved camping as a kid. Or like, we raised our girls camping. So that's awesome. You know, I think we were surprised... Um, how how supportive people were. What is the uh, plan for the website, and how has it grown, and where do you see it going in the future? I mean, what are your plans to do with it? Oh, goodness. Well, um, <laughs> you know, it's grown exponentially in the first year. I mean, like with social media, and we have a lot of people visiting our site on a monthly basis, and we're so grateful for all of you. Um, but we hope that one day that the website could support our travels. I mean, that would be, that's a dream, right? Like, it, are we monetizing it? No. Do we have any ads on the website? No, not yet. I mean, we're still debating whether or not we want to do that because it just cheapens things a little bit. But and it takes time. I mean, you guys just started pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, we have close to 30,000 people coming to our website on a monthly basis, which is phenomenal. I mean, like, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy good, right, for um, for us. And then... It's just more of, I don't know, how to, how to help, how to have time to travel and write a blog is actually quite hard. It's it's harder. That, that's probably one of the hardest parts is like a blog will take up 40 to 100 hours of your time. And then when you're traveling 40 hours a week too, you know, it's it just um, balancing it all. But if we could focus on it, that would be, oh, that'd be amazing. Was the ideal uh, thing that, or goal that you were looking for, is it is it more of like uh, photo-based or do you want to take your, your take on certain, like say any park you go to? Uh, what is the angle that you guys take and what, and what kind of visual and written aspect do you take? Yeah, I think we're trying to still figure out our voice in that. You know, we, we play with some YouTube videos and it's really fun and it's fun to have that sort of record. Uh, but it does take a lot more time to produce a YouTube video than, say, take some amazing photos and go on a hike. So, you know, we definitely are figuring that balance out. And uh, there's an aspect of storytelling and reflection that happens in writing, which is really lovely. Um, so we're still trying to figure out the the mediums. And right now we're we're trying a little bit of everything. And just trying to be helpful. Like, I mean, we're kind of funny, quirky little you know, people. We're trying to be authentic, but also be helpful in the things that we're learning along the ways. Because again, we'd never RV'd before. We didn't know anything. We didn't know that you're supposed to buy certain things for an <laughs> RV. We showed up to pick it up. They're like, do you have electrical line? We're like, well, you need to plug it in. <laughs> like, <laughs> So to just share that with people before they go RVing, not everyone's going to jump in the way they'll probably plan a little bit more than we did. But um, yeah, just a mix, a mix of our personality and helpful information (laughs) what are the most common questions people write and ask you about and you can answer them all here so they don't have to write you anymore uh what do you do with your dogs 
Um, and how do you camp with dogs? And we always tell them it's a temperature-controlled environment. So we have an air conditioner, we have a heater, we, and if it's a nice day, we leave the windows open. And they're, they're well-behaved. So not all, all RV parks encourage such behavior. So you have to just kind of check your regulations. Um, and if you're tent camping, you just have to be in a temperature where they can, you know, take them with you. Or you have to be in that 50 to 60 degree range all day. Um, and that's hard to accomplish or predict. So that's one thing. Um, people ask us how we fund it, and the answer is we work. <laughs> so um, we did not save up um, to do this. We just continued working to do it. And so that's another one. And then um, I think those are the two how we most got started, you know, in terms of the gear and stuff, in terms of fitting out an RV and, and what kind yeah. of fitting, things that is. Oh, also our mattress. What the heck do you, uh, what kind of RV mattress? We get asked that all the time, constantly. Like, well, what's the answer? What kind of mattress is it? Yeah, so we got a foam topper because the it converts into a bed and then it converts into a living room. And we have to take the foam to- topper and put it behind the couch. So that is just a three-inch foam topper. That, okay. And then a duvet cover and a duvet, you know, blanket. <laughs> but boom, we, you yeah, there it is. Yeah. So it's very high-tech. Um, <laughs> but I'm I mean, sure there's cushions underneath. It's just, right, they're yeah. all a little different. So. Yeah, they're different, weird. Yeah, so that's another one. <laughs> So the the good thing about tabs, um, that's why we were attracted to it, is it actually has a the brand name tab. Yeah, so it's a brand name tab, and so most teardrops are the traditional ones. It's just like a bed, and and it's more like a hard tent that you. Right, that's what I thought about. Yes. What it was. Uh, but the one that we got actually has a kitchenette on the inside instead of this. Usually teardrops they kind of pop out of the outside, uh, and then it actually has this little sh- shower toilet section in it. So it has everything a full RV yeah. needs. It's just on a very very small level. Um, we still you know put outside an outdoor camp uh, an outdoor kitchen and stuff on our camping table and so we we definitely spread out into the outdoors and have um chairs outside and stuff so it's it is definitely an inside outside kind of lifestyle yeah any thought of like eventually upgrading maybe getting a bigger rv or something at some point no i don't think we'd want to go to like a full rv i mean there's some great options out there if people want a little bit more space or have kids tab just came out with a larger um teardrop that actually has space for both a little um table area and a bed so that's one of the hassles of the current design where you have to convert from you know office into bed and that's just it's fine it's just a little effort um but you know i think that that the the adorableness is part of the attraction and um (laughs) Uh, yeah, so who knows? <laughs> and we might live small forever. I mean, that I think yeah. that might be where this is, what is, it's yeah. taught us the most. How's the truck holding up? It's good. Okay. Yeah, so far so good. Yeah. <laughs> That's important. important. It That's now, important. now has 150,000 miles on it, so we've, we've done some damage. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, Well, finally, what? how do you think this trip has changed yourselves and also your opinions of let's say americans and the country and what you've learned so far i would say the biggest thing is that human kindness is everywhere you know there's um you know there's some political shifts that happened this year that kind of questioned whether we should stay on our roadmap of you know uh, oh it's it's it's, uh great again i don't know if you know this (laughs) we're making it all great again um, you know, what we discovered is that there's a lot of people from a lot of range of political backgrounds that are just kind people. And people have said that to us on our blog. They're like, hey, we've never met any lesbians before. And you guys are awesome. And it's cool to see what you're doing. And, you know, you've exposed us to something new. And I think that that's what 
you know, if we had sort of a mission statement, I suppose, is to say, hey, we don't all have to sort of buy the same story in terms of what consumerism means in our lives. Like if you, you know, find some things that are more priorities to you and then build a life around that and think creatively and, and, and hey, if, if time is important, figure out how to make more time in your life. And, and maybe there has to take some sacrifices in other ways. So I think that there's, there's one aspect is human kindness transcends everything else. And people can come from a lot of different backgrounds and just be kind to each other. The other piece is that, you know, we can be think creatively and what's it's actually really fun to think creatively in terms of how we actually get what's important to us in our life and sort of the self-awareness journey of discovering what is important to us and then thinking creatively about how to get that is been a really lovely journey and taking the stress and and some of the financial strain out of living a traditional life has certainly helped be happier but but also understanding people in general like understanding that their the sum of their experiences has created their reality and has created their world viewpoints and has created who they are as, as people. And just because they have experienced different things than we have does not mean that they're wrong in those experiences. And also listening more. Uh, we, we were in some places that we did not agree with what people were saying at all. We just completely were dumbfounded with the, the um, what they were saying. But then when you listen a little bit more, you realize, wait a minute. X, Y, and Z has led them to believe this. And that's the truth for all of us. I mean, that's really just the human experience is we create realities based on what we've learned and um, listening more and just being more open to that and not judging as much has been a really eye-opening experience for two lesbians from San Francisco. Let me tell you, (laughs) it's, you know, it's like we come from a, a bubble, a bubble within a bubble within a bubble. And to expand that has really expanded our mind and our hearts. I mean, it's corny as that sounds, but like all of a sudden we yeah. can accept different people in our lives that we just would normally shun away. And mm-hmm. that's that's the best. That's great. Well, um, first, la- finally tell people where they can find you and uh, tell us all your sites and plug away. Go ahead. Happycamperwives.com. We have an Instagram. Happy Camper Wives. Everything's happy. It's either oh, the it's- Camper Wives or but we're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, Pinterest, all, all of them. You name them, we're on them. Well, are you guys ready for your first uh, cruise buffet experience? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Boy, you are going to be impressed. It is one of our pastimes. <laughs> we can get you some salmon. We can get you some salmon. Well, thank you for doing this. Thanks, Mike. This is great. Happy Camper Wives, everyone. Yeah.